0: to begin with a World Cup squad announcement and the final weekend of the championship to look forward to. Welcome to Hunter Pop. 144th episode of Hand of Pod. We're recording this weekend, uh, this week, just for a change in my living room. I'm Sam Kelly. Um, I am joined, however, by the same two team members whose voices you're becoming increasingly accustomed to each week. Uh, first of all, Andres Bruckner. Hi, hello. And secondly, Peter Coates. Hello. Welcome back, gents. Um, we've got two big things to talk about, as I already mentioned uh, this week. First of all, well, don't know actually, which, which order shall we do? We've got the, the League Championship showdown. And the national team squad. Um, I'm inclined to go for the national team first, what do you reckon? You're the boss. I am, not <laughs> This is not a democracy. Um, let's talk about David, please. Let's try not to talk about uh, Tevez. Have you read my article? Uh, no. It, that, that's the whole premise of it, let's not talk about Kali. Yes, you, I was ironic. Everyone I, no, I know you were. Uh, it's just uh, remarkable that you managed to echo the... the the phrase that I used, we need to talk about Carlos, Uh, it would appear that we do, otherwise people are going to get confused. I imagine that we're going to get a few questions about this later on as well, so we might as well just field them now. Um, The Argentina World Cup squad, the preliminary list uh, has been released, it's a preliminary list of 30, because it has to be released on Tuesday, you've got to name 30 players as a maximum, so that's why they've done it. Um, if any of these players get injured between now and the day before the tournament then they can be replaced sorry, if any of the final 23 get injured between now and the day before the tournament starts then they can be replaced by anyone who's eligible to play for the Argentine national team They don't have to. the replacement doesn't have to come from this list of 30 people which really does make one wonder what the bloody hell it's for yeah. particularly because the best thing of all was that uh, Ernesto Cherquis Pialo the AFA's extremely... Hunty Spokesperson I met him During the Copa America And he's a Horrible man um, Said to the TV cameras After the uh, the Announcement Was made That uh, next Tuesdays of the, On the 20th Which is Tuesday next Week um, Alejandro Is going To announce uh, the, the list Of all of The players Who are Going to Be training At SESA With the National Team Which means That this Isn't even The list Of just The players Who are Going to Be involved In national Team Training Before they Go off To Brazil you really do wonder what it's for. Um, there are no major shocks to anyone who's followed the ins and outs, any regular hand of pod. Um, listeners will be aware that Willy Cabachero wasn't going to get called up in goal. Um, they will be aware that Carlos Tevez, of course, wasn't going to call up up front and that Javier Pastore um, and a couple of other midfielders, Gaetan, Nico Gaetan and so on, were going to find it a struggle to get in regardless of form. Uh, the goalkeepers are Sergio Romero, Mariano Andujar, and Agustin Orion and Boca Juniors. The defenders are Ezequiel Garay, Federico Fernandez, Pablo Sabaleta, Marcos Rojo, Jose Maria Basanta, Hugo Campagnaro, Nicolas Otamendi, uh, Lisandro Lopez, the defender one, uh, Martin de Michelis of Manchester City, who's one of the big surprises. Another of the big surprises of the list is Gabriel Mercado, the River Plate right back. Um, in midfield, Fernando Gago, Lucas Biglia, Javier Mascherano, Ever Banega, Angel Di Maria, Maxi Rodriguez. Augusto Fernandez, Enzo Perez, Jose Sosa—I think we were all expecting all of those names. Uh, Ricky Alvarez of Internacional, I guess, uh, call up as well. And Fabiana Rinaldo of Catania is the other surprise. And up front, uh, we've got Sergio Aguero, Gonzalo Higuain, Ezequiel Lavezzi, Rodrigo Palacio, some some bloke called Lionel Messi, um, and Franco Di Santo. And of course, the inevitable has happened. The people who don't actually bother following Argentine football were bombarding me on Twitter all through yesterday. Evening, asking why Franco Di Santo had been preferred to Carlos Tevez in Alejandro Sabella's thinking. I'm fed up of as- answering the question. So, one of you to jump in and tell us why Alejandro Sabella thinks Franco Di Santo is a better forward than Carlos <laughs> Tevez. Has,
1: has clearly to, to do with with profile, with the 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 place that Tevez will uh, have in the in the team, uh, which is, I think unfair to leave it on the substitutions bench but he will be in, in that place if he is called up and De Santo has no problems with with that if he's on the bench he will be uh, it will suit him there it will there will be no major problems so well I the, uh,
2: also I think the strikers has been one of the positions which has been nailed on for so long this is a preliminary squad of 30 and Franco De Santo is probably not going to be in the 23 I mean, I'll just, I would Thank say you. stick with Thank the you, fives that are going to be there, which have been there the whole qualification almost, and so it's kind of a, just a non-starter what we can even discuss, Franco De Santo.
0: No, exactly. Um, this is, that was exactly the point that I was making to everybody who asked yesterday was Franco De Santo hasn't been preferred to Carlos Tevez at all. Carlos Tevez was never in consideration. There are well-documented and, I think, entirely justifiable reasons for that, um, and Franco De Santo's been called up. To train with the squad everyone would be absolutely staggered if he actually manages to, to make it to Brazil um, so it's a bit of a fallacy to suggest uh, that Franco de Santo has been preferred ahead of Carlos Tevez although Savela thinks that uh, Di Santo's is a better player at club level I apologise for that buzzing um, it's from the door outside um, why is Tevez not included well Carlos Tevez uh, as Tim Vickery um, mentioned in a piece in April on the BBC website, uh, Carlos Tevez's last extended run in the Argentina team was during the 2010 World Cup qualifiers, um, when he made 11 appearances. I think it was 10 starting appearances and one as a substitute. He scored one goal. He got sent off in the second half. Uh, in the first half, twice. That was it. Um, his goal-scoring record for Argentina is pitiful he's got something like 13 goals in 87 matches or something daft like that um, Yeah, compared think, yeah, with 65 Sergio Aguero five. and Gonzalo Iguain have both scored yeah. 21 for Argentina I think Aguero's done it in 45 games and Iguain done it in 36 I'm going off the top of my head so I might have the exact appearances um, incorrect um, Messi's obviously got a, a better goal average and has scored 10 in his 14 appearances um, since Tevez's exclusion from the team competitive not counting friendlies um, and Angel Di Maria has got more goals per game for Argentina than Carlos Tevez has, in spite of the fact that Angel Di Maria for Argentina plays in midfield. Um, so, by and large, we're saying, I mean, we're not denying that Tevez is a magnificent player for for his club, um, but Argentina aren't going to miss him. It, it, it's just, it's a fuss that doesn't need to be made.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, th- th- this... Like, Tevez is a great player we all know that and that's not what is at all being discussed but like you just said the statistics are there which show that he doesn't perform to the same level for Argentina and certainly there's a what's coincided with Tevez not being included in the team is Argentina and, and Messi in particular playing a lot better and, and obviously that doesn't fall just completely at the feet of Carlos Tevez but may managed to get a very successful Formula without him, so I don't see why there's this clamour now to try and shoehorn Tevez back into the team.
0: Off the back on, on the other hand, of course, you, you do see exactly why the clamour's there, but uh, it's not justifiable, is what we Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, everyone knows why it's uh, why so many people want him in the squad. In in Argentina, of course, abroad people have a, a different view of, of how the national side's doing. And of course, in Europe, where people are seeing Tevez playing for. For Juventus and, and tearing it up, uh, what they won't have seen quite as much of is Argentina's qualifying performances, which for the most part were very, very good. Um, Andres, you're Argentine. Presumably you'll be supporting Argentina in Brazil. I I, mean, I know you're not going to I Brazil, guess, but I, guess, know, yes. I imagine that they're the team that you most want to see win the World Cup. Um, I'd like to ask you what you think of the defence and the goalkeeper, because the goalkeeper's arguably caused as much fuss, if not more, and certainly a more justifiable fuss, um, than service's exclusion. Well, there were, uh,
1: I think, no, I don't, I don't like to say a lot of people because I I, 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 I saw, but I saw several tweets of general people, of the uh, public, I think, of the crowd, uh, uh, asking why uh, Isabella didn't give an opportunity to Will Caballero from, from Malaga, who has been doing great. A great job there in Spain, uh, and I think that that that's the the main perhaps doubt that leaves this uh, the collapse of uh, Orión, uh, Andújar and, and and Romero. Who I, I honestly say that I know how Romero is uh, playing, not uh, Andújar, for example, and Orión. I, I know he's in a in a relatively good level. I put I would put. If I am asked, uh, uh, Orion perhaps, or, Andu, or or Romero as a, as, a, as the uh, goalkeeper in the uh, starting lineup against I don't know if it's Iran the first match or, or Bosnia. I think Iran, yes. Um, uh, then there is the, that that doubt I, I I have just said about Willy Cavallero. Uh, the, then apart from him, there is I think no no other goalkeepers with real level. For for deserving a call up for the for the World Cup, and and talking about defenders, well, Demichel has has become champion champion with Manchester City had a great season, and the and the players the that that were already usually called up received the news of of Michelis being called up. very well not, they, they, they think that, that he deserves that uh, uh, the call up and, and that's important
0: and arguably there's some experimentation needed in defence as well so it's an area that Sabella's on record is still not being happy with to a greater degree than the goalkeeper in fact um, as i said a couple of times to people on Twitter yesterday if, if I were in Sabella's position if I were the national manager and had taken over in 2011 I would have almost certainly given Cabachero a call up at some point during that time and given him a chance but what I wouldn't have done is if I got to this point now without having done that I don't think I would give him a first call up to take him to the World Cup because you then start disrupting the, the order um, the hierarchy of goalkeepers as it is of course Andujar and Arion are going to go along and be perfectly able to accept that is the first choice goalkeeper that, that that's it if Cabachero had been called up all of the pressure would have been on to change really quite a major part of Argentina's defence and one which, whilst I do think Cabachero is probably a better goalkeeper than Romero Romero's never really let Argentina down where Argentina have been let down is as we'll get on to now the left hand side of the back four, when they're playing with the back four obviously sometimes they play with the back five and it's been interesting to watch that so far say. Um, but it's the the left hand side of the back four, Sabaleta right back in Ezequiel Garay at right centre back fine, no problems with them at all uh, but at left back you've got Federico Fernandes, he's a decent centre-back but he's not on Garay's level and he's arguably not on uh, Federico Facio's level who's just won the uh, Europa League with Sevilla uh, half an hour or so before we started recording um, and he's not been called up of course, uh, Facio. Uh, so you, you've got the first choice is, um, I've forgotten his name already, I've been talking so much. Left centre-back, no I've mentioned him already, Federico right. Fernandez. Um, and then left back obviously more often than not is Marcos Rojo uh, or maybe Jose Maria Basanta and they're both a significant drop off from Savaleta right back we've talked about this before of course about how Savaleta is basically Argentina's best right back and Argentina's best left back and can't play in both positions Um, but there's got to be a better option at number six haven't there left centre back, and I think that's why Demi Chaynes has been brought in it wouldn't surprise me if he played his way into
1: yeah, Fasio was a clearly a good option, uh, but I, I remember him uh, arguing or complaining, complaining in with a newspaper, I think, from Spain, or, or I don't,
0: uh, I yeah, right. don't remember. He said that he was playing at a good enough level. He served he the call up. was called up. Yeah, in fact, said. we said when that happens that that's a great way to just shoot yourself in the foot and ensure you're not going to preserve and I've completely forgotten about it. So well done for remembering, Andres. <laughs> yeah, he said it was disrespectful, I think, that
2: mm. he wasn't even... Uh, I,
0: I, I, don't, I don't know if
1: uh, that only thing made him uh, be out of the, of the list, but uh, I, I know that Sabela, we know that Sabela prefers players, like, for example, uh, like Peter said, DeSanto perhaps won't be finally he, he, he cho- chosen for... for in the, into the 23, 23 players list, but he prefers that kind of players with a low profile, with uh, mm. uh, players that will say, "Okay, I play as a goalkeeper. If I am called up, I am uh, I, I will I will help with anything I, I can," and not players like Tevez that they say that not only demand being called up but also being in the to be in, in the
0: starting. Lineup, yeah, eleven starting lineup. So it's about the group, isn't it? Yes. Um, which is why you kind of think maybe that's the one thing you might have right. What 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 chances do we give them, given that we've now got? Okay, we've not got the final squad, but but sorry, Mercado, We've now got a reasonable idea of who's going to be in it, and who's not going to be in it.
1: I, I don't remember uh, which uh, match, but it was said that Mercado had only one call up uh,
0: previously. If you can hear the buzzing in the background I can only <laughs> apologise. The uh this this flat used to be the administrator's flat when this building was this building's about hundred and ten years old. Um and when it was changed from the administrator's flat they didn't disconnect the sort of centralised <laughs> doorbell. So I can only assume that means there's some twat outside of the street just repeatedly pushing the doorbell of some other flat in the building. Um, it, might, it might not come out on the microphone, hopefully you can't hear that, listeners, but if you can, I apologise, there's nothing I can do about it. Andres, carry on, sorry for interrupting.
1: Uh, no, that, I, I was saying that uh, Mercado has, on, has been called up only once in the entire period of Sabela uh, in front of the national team, uh, as, a, as the manager of the national team. But he was the right back when Sabela was the, ma- the coach of Estudiantes. When they play, when they won the I think Copa Libertadores and the and the tournament. Yeah. Uh, also, Clemente Rodriguez was in that team. Of mm. course, uh, we won't compare uh, Clemente Rodriguez with Mercado because playing decently in at River uh, right now. But it, it, that explains everything because I was surprised about Mercado Colap when they said and they remembered that uh, he has been playing with uh, or he has. Uh, being the right back of Sabela when he played for Estudiantes, uh, that may, makes me made me be not that surprised. Mm. Uh, the, the first thing you 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 say when you hear mercado Mercado is in the list. Well, uh, he was he he Sabela knows him, and that's uh, another point to understand why uh, he has been called up uh, as well as. Uh, uh, perhaps other players I don't know Di Santo uh, particularly uh, when did he uh, w- w- when did he knows Does he knows from uh, Di Santo
0: um, well, played for Adax Italiano and then went straight to Europe uh, he got bought by Chelsea and got loaned yeah. out to Wigan and to Blackburn I can't remember in which which order and he's now at Werder Bremen he hasn't considering he's the main striker he's a big tall kind of powerful forward uh, and doesn't play, he doesn't drop off particularly deep he doesn't play as a deep line forward, he tends to lead the line he's got an almost supernaturally bad goal scoring record Um, but I strongly, as we say someone, uh, two forwards are going to have to break their legs in order for De Santo to get into the actual squad Uh, so I'm not particularly worried about that I strongly suspect that the main reason he's there is that he provides a physical threat with which to help the defenders to, to train maybe for set pieces or for so his movement's good, this is the other thing, he's he's not a, he's clearly a talented player, he just doesn't seem to be able to hit a cow's ass with a banjo when it comes to getting shots on target. Um, he has been capped, of course, as well for Argentina uh, in the past, but yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if he actually gets called up. And again, this is similar. Arguably, you could say that, for instance, Mauro Icaldi would be more deserving on a footballing level um, of of a corner for an, at least an inclusion in this 30-man squad but it's not difficult at all to see why he's not when you consider that he has a habit of shagging his teammates' girlfriends and then well, stealing I, married. It,
2: um, I actually it's not for squad unity is it <laughs> no I actually wrote something earlier about like a an alternative 11 from the players missing and or, or all these like Garcia, or Icardi are all, all in there as obviously 10 um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean they, there's a common theme with well those three and it you uh, Andres was just saying that Savetta prefers players that would put the team above themselves not those sort of big characters who look out for the number one and I think I- Icardi at this early stage in his career maybe he mature <laughs> would certainly fall into the latter ca- category um, and I think that definitely holds him back in terms of Cervella calling up for the national team
0: Yeah, I mean obviously we know he's been called up uh, once before and given a cap but that was essentially to make sure he did play for Italy uh, yeah. I think nobody then expected him to subsequently immediately become uh, an Argentina regular, particularly given the names that are ahead of him in the pecking order, um, which are you know obviously Aguero, Messi, Higuain barring injury and suspension, that's going to be the front three for all seven matches of the World Cup, right? If they continue to win. Yes, and and uh, I, I I just want to say about
1: Icardi that Palacios, sco- I think he has been scoring. I don't know if, if more goals even than than Icardi, but he's not any, uh, very much. Uh, he's not in the media because he hasn't picked up some other, some other, uh, some other uh, women of some other teammates' women, for example.
0: Yeah. And and. and in the same team as Icardi as well. And yes, and and, and Which and might that's be why maybe he just can't get really a look in with the Icardi rampaging around with his cock. <laughs> the making. So we're being slightly cruel. We, we should. For anyone who doesn't know the story Icardi's only actually stolen one teammate's uh, girlfriend but he is being a complete and total cunt about it at the moment uh, there's a television advert in which <laughs> Mac, Maxi Lopez uh, the two of them it must be said that Maxi Lopez apparently was unfaithful to Wandanara first so in a way you could say he's had having coming but uh, they're being particularly shameless about it and Icardi's Twitter handle uh, Twitter timeline is just just insufferable there's one from 16 minutes ago i got just brought up hello Wonder, Wonder one, day, one day, Cardi do you know it? oh she's changed her name now to Wonder. day open
2: yeah open I think open. she uh, sadly I know this <laughs> because this is probably the one part of the podcast that my girlfriend would be interested in <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> Peter over to you then for the celebrity gossip section of <laughs> yeah
2: this isn't going to go with a regular feature I think there was something about Wanda um, and I writing lots of stuff on Twitter and then Maxi Lopez taking some sort of action against her.
0: Yeah, about the commercial. Well, yes. it's apparently, yeah, there, there's a TV advert which yeah, she can't yes. do anything about. But there's also a radio advert which my girlfriend told me about. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend's actually not interested in it at all but she saw it and wondered whether it would make an article for me and I said I'm not giving it the dignity of writing about it. He's taken out some kind of injunction because the radio advert says um, mm-hmm. that they're collecting these bottle tops like bunnies or something.
1: Yes, you 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 five, uh, and yes, the you you can win a uh, Pepsi and you win like uh, by by
0: rob by by like uh, yes. Or a, fan, or you, or a fan, yes, you Fan, What am by stealing. So the TV advert consists of Icardi going around into his training ground stealing bottle tops from his teammates. No, he actually and the, breaks the
2: song, into a car uh, in the
1: advert. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the background song you listen is one that says, "I am looking at your girlfriend and so what Mm. Mm. That, that, was, that was the lyrics translated
0: um. anyway that's all we're saying on that uh, English Dan tried to get us to talk about one day Gadi and uh, and, and Mauro Nara um, a few weeks ago and I, I told him we weren't going to give it the dignity of talking about it and now we just have done so I feel very dirty and I'm going to have to have a shower after this podcast is finished um, that's the squad do we feel in that case given that the squad is Almost certainly going to come, barring injury, as we say, from 23 of those, those 30 names. Do we feel more or less confident with our relative predictions um, of a few months ago when we saw the group stage draw?
2: I don't think the predictions would have changed at all, really, would they?
0: Some of the semi-final stuff. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, why would you change from seeing the squad? The squad's really, especially in terms of once you whittle out the ex, the names, and you get to the twenty-three is basically what we'd have all have expected. Mm. Yeah, for um, So why would you change your opinion?
1: For example, if Gago um, uh, 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 magically uh, recovers uh, from the injury, I think Rinaldo won't be in the list. Uh, twenty-three
0: players. Rinaldo's had a cap before, but yeah, I agree. He's certainly uh, he's clearly been called up because Gago might not make mm-hmm. it. Uh, Gago. Can't remember. I think we mentioned it at the time, but just in case uh, any new listeners have joined us, or in case any regulars have forgotten, Fernando Galo has been out injured for a few weeks for Boca Juniors. He did his hamstring or crucial ligament—one of the two—it was quite it was a, a minor injury, sprain of, of I think his hamstring, um, and, uh, which which was going to take him forty-five days. That's that's the official recovery time as standard for for that grade of injury, um, and it happened forty-six days before the World Cup, before Argentina's first match. They can, of course, replace an injured player, not until the day before the World Cup kicks off, but the day before their first game, Um, so you suspect that Ronaldo is going to be the natural replacement for Gago, I wouldn't say no to that, to be honest, particularly given that Gago's been quite rubbish for Boca for most of the last year and a half. Vanega, Eber Vanega and Lucas Biglia, of course, are likely to actually play if Gago it doesn't make the squad, but Ronaldo, I would have thought, will fill the absent place in the squad. So and The case. mega
2: himself is now with some sort of lung infection. Is it?
0: Or? Yeah, he, that was only for the weekend. though. he'll be fine. Ah, He's okay. playing on this weekend. And, and
1: we have to, to to see what happens with Otamendi, for example. Uh, what does Savela want to do if he wants to uh, save him in case there was there is a problem with, for example, Federico Fernandez, uh, and, and he puts him as a uh, central. Uh, centre back or if he makes makes the same mistake as Maradona and puts him as a right back. I In think, that case I think, I Mercado think one is thing that we can say
0: for sure is that regardless of what one thinks about Alejandro Sabella, obviously we perhaps all like him a little bit more than the majority of the Argentine public, it's difficult to see him making the same mistakes as Diego Maradona. Right. Wouldn't you say? I I, think I was talking only about the, the Otamendi,
1: uh, Otamendi putting him as a uh, right back. Uh,
0: Otamendi has had a bit more experience now at full back than he had done when Maradona oh, put him at full back against Germany for the first time in his career. During No, the second time, because in fact he played him at uh, full back in the last group match
2: as well. first choice as right back, Juanes Gutierrez. So. It was,
0: yes. <laughs> uh, Maradona initially having named a squad without full backs because he thought it was too defensive to. Uh, do full-backs, you should just play centre-backs at full-back because that gives you more defensive solidity. And then went for Jonas Gutierrez at right-back. Genius. Uh, so if you think that Sabella's been a particular idiot this time round, just remember that four years ago it was quite a lot worse. I'd be surprised if Argentina lose 4-0 to Germany this time round. Um, the other point to make, of course, is that the only real times that we've seen Argentina against the main strong European nations during Sabella's time... Uh, They've beaten them all And against Brazil as well 4-3 admittedly In a meaningless friendly In New Jersey But uh, all the people Who are kind of Doom and gloom And oh The squad is is Nothing like the same level As the European ones I mean it's essentially The same squad That's beaten Spain A couple of times In friendlies in recent years It's certainly beaten Germany At least once And played Italy Off the pitch in Rome um, At some point last year Is that 1-0 or 2-0 I can't remember Um, That was minus Messi As well wasn't it That was without Messi Yeah because um, he was injured so yeah it, it's not perhaps as you know the, the names might not grab the imagination and yes it's easy to look at really but the
1: last friendly at all was against Romania it was a, little, a, dull, a dull perhaps drop hmm.
0: yeah but that was with a, a change of tactics at half time he was trying to, to change things up a bit and, and whatnot and Romania are not going to be with the greatest of respect for them challenging for the World Cup uh, because they're not in it Are they? No No they're not good That would have sounded Tremendously disrespectful Having said no disrespect And then they weren't in it If they in fact were um, When we've seen them Under Savela Against the teams Who are going to be There or thereabouts In this tournament Argentina have emerged Victorious Okay they're friendlies But that's all we've got To go on at the moment So I don't think It's necessarily um, Let's not be too Doom and gloom I'm, still no, I'm
2: not doing my gloom at all optimistic
0: I, on Argentina well obviously me and Peter are particularly doing gloom because
2: we don't really on a personal level give much of a shit either way, I imagine <laughs> no I mean on a, even on a personal level I would I'm resigned to the fact obviously that England are, are <laughs> going to crash and burn um, so living in Buenos Aires after that I would like to see Argentina do well just because I think it would be amazing to be in Buenos Aires if Argentina were to win a World Cup in Brazil indeed <laughs> um, so, yeah, even on a personal level, I'd like to see them do well, and I'm certainly not doom and gloom. I think, especially, I don't know why anyone would change their opinion just after the squad being named.
1: And, and to be optimistic or not, I think we should see some other uh, national teams' lists. For example, Spain has, uh, Del Bosque has uh, called up a lot of strikers, and Joaquin Law has called up only only two, I think because he has a lot of of offensive midfielders that uh, get into the box easily and and, and we see the list and you say, oh, only two strikers.
0: So uh, Germany are another good example because a lot of people have been doom and gloom about Argentina's defence, so Argentina league goals, Argentina and dodgy blah. blah. Mm -hmm. Germany uh, for many people are favourites for the World Cup and they've not exactly made a habit of keeping clean sheets either, Mm -hmm. Um, they've actually considered more and more in. I think as many and fewer matches or more in the same number of matches or something as Argentina did during qualifying Um, so swings and roundabouts we shall see anyway uh, here's some incidental music because we're now half an hour in just under half an hour in Um, and we'll come back and we will discuss what's turning into a thrilling title race perhaps slightly less thrilling now than it looked like being a week ago um, but could have an historic conclusion one way or the other so don't go away is that of course the the Mufa has gone we have to say it Javier Saletti is retired so this means that Argentina are definitely going to win the World Cup now right Andres or at least get past the quarters Um, do you you know that it was Mufa I I am the very first time I ever came here was uh, 2003 and we were watching a it must have been an inter-pre-season match or something Uh, oh no it was was an old game uh, an old Argentina game on the television with my then girlfriend's dad And he just starts saying, Mentira, Sanetti, mentira. And uh, apparently he was considered a curse for for many years because Argentina's last trophy, the 1993 Copa America, was won a couple of months before Sanetti made his Argentina debut. And of course they've not won anything during his career, so now he's gone. But on a more serious note, Javier Sanetti's retired. Um, We should mention it in passing at least because he's been quite a phenomenal player. I've said a few times this season that if I was Sabella I'd have thought about speaking to him and seeing whether he was up for going to the World Cup this year so as to be able to have a proper fullback at least even if albeit when he's 40 years old Um, rest in peace or enjoy your retirement whichever way around you want to see it have you Uh, aka Dorian Gray Um, the results from this weekend now we shall move swiftly on to the the title race because as we say it's turning into an interesting one what should we do first, actually? Title rest? I think we'll do the relegation battle first. Because suddenly it's actually easy to, to summarise the relegation battle because all the teams who are still in it have played the same number of matches. Um, the results, first of all, from the weekend just gone, were Olimpo de Blanca 3, Godoy Cruz 1, Olimpo are safe. Estudiantes 3, San Lorenzo 0. Newell's Old Boys 4, Old Boys 2. That was the classical boys sensei, which we forgot to uh, big up last weekend it's not a real Clasico uh, but that is the traditional hand boys,
1: the boys the from, from Rosario won.
0: yes exactly yes the Rosario boys beat the uh, Floresta boys uh, Atlético de Rafaela 1 Tigre 1 Vélez 2 Colón 0 Racing Club 0 obviously but slightly more surprisingly Rosario Central 0 uh, Central were really dreadful in that game I mean shockingly bad Racing were unfortunate not to win that's how bad Central were Um Quilmes two Gymnasia nil, Quilmes are safe. We'll get on to why this matters in just a few seconds. Belgrano nil, Arsenal de Sarandí nil, Boca Juniors three Lanús one, and Argentinos Juniors nil River Plate two. What does this do? First of all, to the relegation table. As we say, Olimpo and Quilmes are now safe. Uh, Tigre are also safe. Um, it leaves three teams fighting it out to avoid one spot in the relegation battle. Um, those three teams, from bottom to top, all boys now. continuous for ignoring, of course they've gone already, uh, are Colón, Atletico de Rafaela and Godoy Cruz. Colón and Atletico de Rafaela both have 139 points from 113 games. Godoy Cruz have 140 points from 113 games. This is very useful because if you don't have to fanny around wondering but if you divide that number of points by that number, they just, they're a point apart. Uh, if two teams finish level on points, then for the relegation uh, zone, then they play a playoff to decide um, who goes down. So, for example, if Godoy Cruz win and Atletico and Colón both draw, Atletico and Colón have to play a playoff. If one of Atletico or Colón win uh, and the other draws and Godoy Cruz lose, then Godoy Cruz and whoever's the loser of the other two will have to play a playoff. If Godoy Cruz lose and the other two both draw. We will have a three-way triangular playoff to decide who gets relegated. Who says drama doesn't exist in the Argentine league? Um, who do you think is going down, Gert? Uh the,
2: the final day fixtures, uh, they're all at home, right? No, no, no they're not. Um, I was trying, on the final day,
0: two of them are at home and one of them are away. Uh, Godoy Cruz are at home to Racing. Okay, so, they're safe They're okay uh, I think
1: Colón and Rafaela will play uh, a match
0: to, to decide who who's going to Colón are home to Olimpo And Atletico de Rafaela are away to Arsenal de Sarandí We're currently watching Arsenal de Sarandí's match Or sure, I said watching, I've got my back to it for the most part But it is goalless, uh, 39 minutes in At home to Nacional de Paraguay um, In the second leg of the Copa Libertadores final, Nacional won the first leg 1-0 so by the time we... Possibly by the time we stop recording But definitely by the time this is online We will know who's gone through um, The semis of course aren't played Until after the Copa del Mundo The World Cup Don't know why I started saying it that way um, Until after the World Cup Which means that if Arsenal do go in there They're not necessarily going to be you know too distracted But at the same time they might not give that much of a shit And they might be a bit tired from playing tonight Although they are at home Um that's the heavy goods train which I'm just going to allow to pass now so we'll cut a few seconds until it's out of the way oh it sounds like it's fading now I'll just keep talking you can enjoy the sonorous sound of heralding through the dark night it's only about 20 metres away from the front door that's why it comes through so loudly um, I'm at Cologne's slight favourites I think I think Raphael are down Yeah. I reckon Cologne can get a uh, uh, Goddard Cruz I think are going to beat Racing Colonel Olimpo I can see ending in a draw, but I can also see Arsenal beating Rafael, uh, beating Atletico, given their upturn in form that Arsenal have had domestically since Martin Valero was at charge.
1: Talking about the the form, they did both Corona and Rafaela have been uh, playing worse and worse round, dreadful, yeah, yes, round uh, after round. So uh, that's why I, I am seeing that. that uh, I, I I don't uh, like to like mix some side, uh, dust. To predict results, but uh, yes, yes, I, I do like to talk about the previous results and the form, and, and, and clearly both teams are, are 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 even in terms of how they have been playing uh, the last five or six uh, matches, I think.
0: Yes, except that Atletico de their Rafaela. Uh, you could extend that five or six matches to nine or ten. Colón have not won in four. Uh, their last four results in order are Belgrano 0-0 at home. Uh, 1-1 against Atletico away. 0-2 away. No, sorry. nil 2 at home to Estudiantes and 0-2 away to velez Sarsfield. Atletico de Rafaela have not won in one 2 3 4 five, six, 7 8 9 10 league games. Uh, in their last six, they've managed two draws and four defeats both of the draws were at home both of them were against sides who were pretty disinterested really, they both already uh, no, no sorry, Cologne in fact were once they were not anything but disinterested, I apologise to them uh, but the most recent one last weekend against Tigre of course, uh, Tigre was safe already um, and were just probably relieved more than anything um, so if you're entertaining football I think that's the one match the weekend to miss but at the same time it's got so much riding on it, for Cologne at least, and for Rafaela sorry they're not playing each other of course uh, the two match of the weekend i um, that either one of them could turn into an entertainingly scrappy contest all three of those matches Arsenal, Atletico, Colón Olimpo and Godoy Cruz Racing are to be played at 1500 on Sunday fortunately fortunately Quilmes as we say escaped relegation um, last weekend which means that they don't have to play all of the title matches at the same time as well because last time that happened I got a major headache from watching them on split screen uh, if Kilmes hadn't got safe, got to safety uh, by beating Gimnasia last weekend we would have been obliged to play the three matches that are going to involve the title race as well this coming weekend at the same time as the three matches I've just mentioned as it is, it's separate now because Kilmes have got nothing to play for uh, so the following games will be played at 17.30 on Sunday Gimnasia La Plata versus Boca Juniors Tigre versus Estudiantes de la Plata, and River Plate against Quilmes. Um, The current standings in the title race, which we shall now move on to, having segued seamlessly into them, are the River Plate at top of the league with 34 points, Estudiantes de la Plata second with 32, and Gimnasia de la Plata uh, third with 31. So there are three possible outcomes neither of the La Plata sides can oh sorry that, that's Pollux they can't uh, there are four possible outcomes either River win it outright Estudiantes win it outright or there is a playoff for the title between River and Estudiantes or River and Gimnasia um, those are the outcomes we can't have three teams all tied on points because um, of course it's, it's impossible for Gimnasia and Estudiantes to finish up level on points and both top of the table um, yes. the way that they are uh, we said a couple of weeks ago I said all along in fact um, that River had an easy looking outcome if they could get to that stage of the season that they had an easy looking run in the last three matches were were favourable to them I said it again a few weeks ago when it became apparent how pants racing were um, and I continued to say it and I believed in it so thoroughly that Mystic Sam predicted a River Plate away victory against Alcantinos Juniors last weekend be quiet doggy it's true don't tell them online. Anymore? No, he's shut up. Good. Um, <laughs> yes, well done. And that and that River Plate victory is what came to pass. I'm just going to keep talking now. Shit about the dog. I apologise if it's annoying If It's not. Annoying. I can't do anything about it. Um, that's how easy Rivers running was. Their only away game in the last three matches was against Argentina or who were dreadful. Uh, at home, River have won seven in a row. They're playing a side who are just happy to still be in the first division at the moment. Caruso Lombardi is obviously giving it all that, giving it a lot of mouth about, oh, I don't want to be seen as as just the, the bridesmaid at the party or whatever. Um, but can you really see and causing River many problems? Caruso Lombardi is a manager who, yeah. during the course of his career, has caused River lots of problems. But... Prior to
1: that, to that phrases, he that about that we will see if River wins uh, every time as, uh, home. Uh, he said that if, uh, in case they that Kilmas uh, needed a, a draw in order to, to to be safe, to be safe uh, that if they got a draw and River with with that draw River became champions and they were safe from relegation. They would make the the. The round, the uh, uh, Olympic uh, round, uh, uh, together like they well, Kim because they say yeah, some like relegation, yes, and 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 Rio because was the champion. So now they, he says that we will say we will see if Libra wins uh, every time as, as in the home condition. Well, right. I don't care about Caruso.
0: Of course, one thing that River do know is that a draw uh, would be at the very worst that could happen if River drew, is that they'd be going into a, a, a playoff against the Estudiantes for the title. The only way that River cannot uh, have at least a playoff is if they lose to Quilmes. Um, that would allow Estudiantes to, uh, to take the title by beating. Uh, I've already read the fixtures out and I've forgotten them already. Uh, but i beating t- Tigre t- away t- from home. Yes,
1: but the, the only result that can make them even uh, either win uh, straight uh, the, the, the tournament uh, in a straight way or, or playing a, a final I guess River is winning. And River has can even lose and if Espientes doesn't win and, and they will be champions anywhere, anyway. So,
0: anyway, Okay. because uh, yes. of course Gymnasia, if, if River right. lose and Team win then that puts River a, and Team Nassian into yes. the playoff, right. a playoff assuming Estudiantis don't win um, mm-hmm. so we're, we're making River favourites aren't we really I mean we've got two River fans here who are saying this for Peter
2: there's, there's no way you can look at the table and, and make any argument to make them not favourites no. I meaning that <laughs> well I'm not going to go over again but they're at home they've got an incredible record in the red team against who were just safe last weekend so
0: we should go in because it's it's river of course right there's history in the making whichever of these three champions ends up we've got an excuse to write articles or whatever about why it's an historic battle we apologise for the sudden leap in sound volume Uh, I just realised I the microphone turned around the wrong way um Hopefully you heard it okay beforehand. Anyway, um, if Estudiantes win it, then of course it's Juan Sebastián Verón's final trophy, or well, possibly final trophy. Maybe you'll play the super final against uh, San Lorenzo the following weekend as well. Um, so there's that. If Gimnasia win it, then well, it's Gimnasia's second ever Primera División title, and the first in the professional era. Um, the last one that they won was in 1929, and uh, even Gymnasia fans will tell you at times that they've never been champions of Argentina. Sorry,
1: Gymnasia, gymnasia won the Copa Centenario. Uh, I think It's not two, the first division
0: title. Yes, not the
1: first division title. Yes, the, it will be the first division, the first uh, championship tournament. Exactly,
0: yeah. Uh,
1: uh, they, uh, they won it, I don't remember the, the, the year exactly, but when he, Guillermo Barros Esqueloto was playing. in the, 1989, no? Yes.
0: Then they play against the Japanese champion... 1993-94, apparently. That's a bit uh, later than I thought. But anyway, um, you're quite right. They, they've, been that. they've never been champions of Argentina in the professional era. Um, 1929 is the only primera match uh, title that they've won. And of course, because Argentina, for baffling reasons that infuriate me, uh, completely ignores the amateur era they've never been champions of Argentina according to the history books even though they actually have but that would be historic if they managed it and for River obviously um, it would be the first title since Since. the event capital T capital E Um, it would prove that they're back wouldn't it beating Boca away from home for the first time in a decade and indeed for the first time since they returned to the Primera in a competitive match um, beating also, along the way, Racing and San Lorenzo, which are the other two big five Clásicos that they've had uh, this season. Obviously, with Independiente not being in the same division. Sorry, Peter. Um, superb home record, as we've already mentioned. Getting the 34th title, would, it wouldn't banish the ghost of relegation entirely. That would always be there. But it would be a big step to show that River are getting we'll back on like right track, re- wouldn't it?
1: Such a relief it would be. Because... Uh, uh, Yes, uh, six years from since the first uh, the last uh, tournament with Diego Simeone, then the the, the three years uh, later the, the rele- relegation. Uh, so yes, it will be a a, a, a big a big title in terms of, of 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 relief of 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 how the uh, River Plate supporters suffered the the rele- relegation mostly and yes. Uh, uh, you can discuss, or you can say they played uh, good or uh, well or not, and, and 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 the styles and that that kind of, of, of things. But uh, you can't uh, argue with the table. So if the river di- wins the title, will be uh, uh, quite uh, uh, will be pretty deserved. So
0: uh, now, one thing that I did want to ask, and I don't want to do this because I want to try and justify. Uh, Rivers Championship I'm not doing it as a River fan I'm putting, trying to put my my uh, neutral hat on as much as possible here uh, but six months ago we we grumbled and complained I think even Mariano joined in uh, when he was able to of course he's the San Lorenzo fan and his team ended up winning the title about how it seemed increasingly towards the end of last of the last championship and if I remember rightly towards the end of last year's Donneau Finale as well as if no one really wanted to win it, everyone seemed to be dropping points. Everyone was drawing. Lanús were the only team who managed more than one win in the last five games. I think, as a result of which they almost took the title. And on the final weekend, all of the key, all of the uh, the competitors for the title drew their matches. As a result of which, it felt like San Lorenzo kind of won by default this time round. The first thing is uh, River, with one game to go, have already got more points than San Lorenzo managed in the Inicial. San Lorenzo won the torneo Inicial with 33 points. River have got 34 at the moment. Um, so that's something, I suppose. Um, but this time around it just sort of feels like, well, River have won a game with, with only one game to go. Gymnasia, her uh, won last weekend, didn't they? Estudiantes won just this weekend just gone against San Lorenzo um, funnily enough all of the competitors okay actually Gymnasty have now drawn two in a row um, of course they have yes sorry drawn one and, uh, and, and then lost most recently um, but all of the competitors have won at least one match if not more in the last three rounds that we've had um, is that an argument to suggest that it's a bit more of a sort of I, I'm not trying to say that, that River deserved the championship or that San deserve deserved the initial but it, it's been a bit more fought as a as a championship you, you've not got teams just bottling it towards the end basically.
2: Well, I think we've seen like the the three form teams in the second half of the season kind of you know pull away and show their dominance and I think you know you, you just said Gymnasia in the last two games I haven't won but prior to that obviously it was was six wins on the, on the trot Um, And river have got stronger, and yeah, I I think yeah, you're right that they have. There is teams that are winning games, picking up points in in more of a traditional fight for the title, uh, rather than a winner by default.
0: There's certainly been some bottling. We're not trying to uh, to deny that. Boca Juniors are fourth in the table, um, which bearing in mind that we spent most of the last year and a half not so much complaining ourselves because of course we've always found it tremendously entertaining but we've spent most of the last year and a half um, describing to listeners about just how angry Boca fans are getting about Boca's performance under Bianchi how they're dreadful above her. they're qualified for the Copa Sudamericana they're fourth in the table they're uh, five points behind River so they're not, they, they can't win the title and they can finish uh, second like but that. they're not a million miles off and as Peter says they mathematically they can still finish tied on points with Estudiantes who are currently second if they win their game and Estudiantes um lose theirs then, then Boca will finish second because they will leave Frog gymnasia, of course because they're playing Gymnasia um, so perhaps I mean River and Boca both went into the penultimate round of matches still with chances to, to win the title the last time that happened was the last time River won the title in the 2008 Klausura is this a sign that as well as River being back Boca are also back now
1: are they? That, that, that's, I think that's the awful part of the uh, torneo final or the Argentinian uh, championship because uh, before the, the f- these four wins uh, for Boca they were crap they were absolute an absolute disaster and now they won they won playing playing decently uh, in a really good way uh, with the, uh, uh, Riquelme as the as the as the perhaps old Riquelme when we have been saying that Riquelme couldn't play anymore like like he used to. Uh, that means that the championship is perhaps competitive but not uh, 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 good in terms of 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 play and and, and how teams uh, uh, not take advantage of their moments and and in this case Boca played uh, won four four consecutive matches and they are there and they could have uh, and uh, until the last uh, round we we told, uh, t- told about it, talked about it that they were mathematically... With, they had possibilities to, to win the title.
0: Indeed, in fact, had so, River lost to Argentinos, yes. uh, Boca would be one of the teams fighting for the title now. Um, Boca actually unbeaten in seven, as Andres says. They've, they've played quite well and they've won the last four in a row. Uh, one of which was without Juan Román Riquelme, of course, because they beat All boys 3-1 uh, two weeks ago without him. Um, they beat Lanús 3-1 just the weekend, just gone, with Riquelme. And this is the next talking point because is that Raquel Me's final home match on Sunday? I think it was they were all on Sunday weren't they I think uh, Javier Saletti of course as we mentioned retired it was very emotional uh, watching it flipping over for a second from one of the Argentine league games to, to catch it Um yeah. And on the same day, or if not, if I've got the dates mixed up, it's certainly the same weekend, we also have Gabriel heinze's final home match for Newell's Old Boys. He's going to be retiring at the end of this season. We had, as we mentioned, Juan Sebastián Verón's final home match for the second time uh, with Estudiantes because he initially retired a couple of years ago, of course, and then came back for this season. Um, and now we might have had Juan Román Riquelme's final home match for Boca Juniors, but we don't know at least the other two got to say a proper goodbye uh riquelme's contract situation has always been a bit of a mystery and um it's a bit like the it's a bit like love i read a fantastic german quote about the offside law once who said it's like love because when you see it you just know but it's indescribable um i happen to think that the offside rule is not that difficult to describe personally but it's a really nice quote so i'm going to use it for riquelme's contract Um, situation you know when you see uh, an article about Juan Román Riquelme that it's going to deal with his contract situation and yet that situation is indescribable because the directors clearly don't want to give him a new contract but at the same time they know that they can't not give him a new contract because the fans all so badly wanted to stay on and he came out with a fantastic line after their uh, 3-1 win over Lanús he was asked on the pitch is this your final match Um, are you going to continue to play after this season and he said I've got a bet with my brother. It's always family. Yes. He was going to retire initially to spend time with his brother and sister drinking mate or his. he came back to Argentina because his mum's health was bad. It's always an immediate family member. It's bizarre. He must have a very neurotic family. But he says, I've got a bet with my brother that I'm going to play until I'm 40. Um, and if I don't do it here at Boca, then I'll do it at some other club. Uh, which is a very firm sort of as I put it at the time, service into the court of Bocca's directors and now we've got to wait and see when they can return serve. Uh, it couldn't really be much more pointed.
1: Yeah, perhaps him is uh, uh, Sanetti, who has retired at that age, at 40. Uh, and, and he said something very important, which is that he will decide whether he will continue playing because he has, he may have uh, be, uh, became, become tired of the, the board members uh, uh, saying, "Well, we will renew his contract, we won't, we will have to discuss, we will have to talk and and this all this situation like like putting a hand in his uh, face like uh, saying well we, we we will we won't we, we don't know and and that and now he, he's like more he looks like he will decide more what he will do with yeah. his future and won't let the board members decide
0: it's going to go on for a while you suspect Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we have a winter long uh, contract saga of course most of our listeners are in the northern hemisphere so uh, just a reminder the seasons here are reversed that's true it's it's not just a myth Uh, we are coming into winter now here in Argentina Um, so we shall see we'll see but we might have seen Juan Romano and final home match in La Bombonera.
2: I think we could possibly just end up seeing virtually a repeat of when, it, when was it
0: yeah I think that's probably most likely of taking six months out and then lots, coming back and, you know. yeah and
2: lots of fannying around with lots of clubs saying oh he's going to sign for us Boca fans obviously furious that that might happen now effect. that
0: Argentinos have gone down you'd think Tigre have got to be standout favourites yeah. if he doesn't stay with Boca no. given that they the team he's always supported
1: but he wasn't very well received in, in Victoria when he played Against Tigre, no, because uh,
0: he turned him down for Boca before, after having yes. appeared to sign the contract. But he didn't celebrate the goal. It's clear that he still likes the mm-hmm. club, which you'd expect given these support. Well, of the I, know. I don't, here. I
1: don't, I remember celebrating the goal against River. Uh, very, very, strong uh, very, uh, very, uh, very uh, active celebration. And that and then I think that he he can become tired if he celebrates uh, uh, very uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> running uh, and, and and shaking his his body. But uh, uh, I I don't think he he that that uh, lack of celebration responds only to the to the to the uh, his love to Tigre. I think that it is it was a message more more a message for the board members that that than than anything else. For I, I think that he was like well okay I scored the goal and 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 we won because that goal because of that goal and. and like sending a message, Not I don't, I don't see it like. Oh, I am a Tigre supporter. Apart apart from Boca, I live here in Victoria, in in Don Torcuato, which is near from Victoria, where the Tigre Stadium
2: is. Certainly, for a player who doesn't like to to expend much energy and move around much, uh, move to Tigre would would suit. Yes, well,
1: <laughs> I, I think the economy it, of movement. I think even though Argentinos has ha, has relegated. Uh, it would be Boca. My opinion is that it would be Boca or or Argentinos not to not to uh, play against Boca in the next uh, tournament. Uh, because mm-hmm. if he plays for Tigre, that means that he will play against Boca. And
0: well, they, the uh, reason, of course, for the listeners who aren't aware that we mentioned Argentinos is even a possibility, is of course that they're the team who actually produced Riquelme. Uh, they yes. they brought him through the youth ranks, and that's where he made his first steps, just as with Diego Maradona.
2: Could he, of course, just have a few months off, enjoy some asados with his family?
0: Well, he always could, because, of course, there's the transitional championship. Well, exactly. The but, but then yeah, when, when
2: Argentinos come back up...
0: Yeah, that's true. ...went
2: the 30 teams, he's back.
0: You never know. You never know. Uh, we shall find out. I'm going to play some more music now, and rest and I, and possibly Peter, if he wants to, we're going to refill our glasses once more. Uh, partly because I didn't refill mine during the last musical break. Thank you, Mr Dog. Shut up, please. Um, and we will come back and I think we're going to answer some questions. It um, feels like we've not really been recording for that long, but it has been just over an hour. Um, so we're going to answer some listeners' questions. By the way, quick score updates. At present, Arsenal and Nacional have just kicked off the second half. That is still goalless. And Independiente in the B, we're going to get onto to them after some music, actually, as well, 1-0 uh, uh, down away to. Ferro Carril West. Did I roll my ass sufficiently there, Andres? Huh? My Rs, not my ass. Yes. Yes, I did. Good. Excellent. Um don't go away. <laughs> just before we went away they are goalless at half time uh, no, no they're not no, they're 1-0 <laughs> down at half time um, it's another one goalless uh, against Ferro Carril Oeste. long term listeners very long term listeners with very good memories will remember that Ferro our uh, Australian Dams team here in Argentina sadly departed no longer with us um, Ferro big club nice stadium only, only well no, it's not a nice stadium it's falling to pieces but it is the only stadium in the whole of Greater Buenos Aires ...that is still on the club's original pitch location. They're the only club who've never moved pitches um, in Greater Buenos Aires... ...and of course there are more stadia in Greater Buenos Aires... ...than in any other urban conglomeration in the world. That's the old little bit of Argentine football trivia for you this weekend. Federal won two back-to-back championships in the mid-1980s in the first division... uh, ...but they're now mired in the second division. They are, prior to this match kicking off, 17th in the league... Independiente are fourth in the league. They're two points behind Instituto at the time of kickoff of this game. Everyone's played 37, so there's going to be four games left after this. This is the 38th match. Um, Peter, mm. how are they doing? What do they do at the weekend?
2: Uh, they surprisingly won. Um, it was 2-0 against... You I'll help you out a bit, me.
0: shall I? By bring up yeah. the, the fixtures? San Martín
2: San Juan was the. Ah, San Martín. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well. One on Friday night.
0: Defensa Justicia later won. Instituto di Sportivo Belgrano 1 0. Uh, and Crucero del Norte lost 2 0 to Patronato, which is why Independiente are now a point ahead of Patronato prior to this match.
2: Crucero del Norte.
0: Sorry, yes, a point ahead of Crucero del Norte prior to this match. Crucero del Norte play on. Mm-hmm. Oh, they play later tonight. They play in uh, about oh, 20, uh, forty minutes' time. They kick off, so uh, they'll probably have kicked off uh, by the time you two leave. Um, are you any more optimistic or pessimistic about independent promotion, Peter?
2: Uh, <laughs> probably. Well, given it's half time and we're losing one nil, slightly more pessimistic. I mean, prior if, if they were to win tonight, then at least you'd say, you know, well that would have been back to back wins and it would still be in their hands, and it would be with four games to go with fixtures against the team directly above and directly below them, uh, Instituto away, and Crucial del Norte, I think, at home, but, so you, you'd think, you know...
0: Independiente's remaining fixtures are away to Douglas Haig uh, this weekend, um, and yes, for new listeners, that is Field Marshal Douglas Haig that that club is named after, Um look through the back episodes and you'll find out why it's an amusing story they're at home to Defensa uh, uh on the following weekend or the middle of next week no that's the following weekend um, then they've got the way match against Instituto on the penultimate weekend as well and then on the very final weekend they're at home to Patronato okay, uh, so yes. in fact they don't still play Crescero del Norte yeah. the, but they do play Defensa Justicia for the runaway yeah. league leaders um or are they run away English? No, no they're Ban- currently second to Banfield no they're, they're level on points in fact with Banfield um, they're level on they're behind them on goal difference
2: so they played so yeah two games against the two teams above them in fact
0: mm.
2: but yeah like I said if, if they were to it, it's in their hands given that they play Instituta at, if they were not to drop points tonight obviously
0: sure
2: um, but yeah I mean they're still not playing very well so I don't know if anyone would be more optimistic after seeing what they saw on Friday. No,
0: absolutely. Um, Any new news about the political situation at Independiente since uh, Cantero's resignation that we talked about a few weeks ago? I haven't read anything. Super. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Um, Elizabeth's questions. We're going to go straight into them without any music because it would seem a bit silly to play some more music right now. And we've only had a few questions, uh, which is probably just as well. Um, let me see. Right, Matt R. Matt Richardson asks question for the next podcast. What is behind Bocca's form? Has Bianchi finally got a good system? System. Same system as ever. Yeah, they think, seem yeah. to have. They seem to have dis- discovered their scoring touch. I think that's that's more than anything. I mean, one thing that, that we said before was they they had last year they a few times they had plenty of possession and for whatever reason they weren't. Converting many chances, I think the strikers being confident makes a big difference. Particularly, needed want to go in off his ass. Juan Manuel Martinez needed want to go in off his ass, and that happened—not literally off their asses, of course—but you know they, they got the goals, and that just gives you that bit of confidence. And it seemed like it happened with both of them at the same time.
1: Even Rianu scored last match. Yeah, that that uh, shows how Boca has been uh, improving in terms of, of scoring goals and. and, and creating chances, uh, goal, goal opportunities.
0: As well, it has to be said, as uh, a bunch of ties, um, uh, fixtures against, let's say, relatively disinterested or just opponents in poor form. Um, the recent wins include a 3-0 over Godoy Cruz um, at home, and Godoy Cruz at home is strong, but away, this is in La Momonera, this match, um, away Godoy Cruz are quite weak. They beat Tigre 1-0 of course with that late Riquelme goal that we discussed um, Which really shouldn't have been a 1-0 win But Riquelme picked it up and took it on himself And twatted it into the top corner from 30 plus yards um, With about a minute to play uh, They beat Arsenal 4-2 With two penalties I think it was um, And Riquelme yes, just from Riquelme utterly majestic And probably the best team performance The Boca had produced in the last two years um, they, they really were very good in that match But then a 3-1 win away to all boys Who were already Well I mean they were relegated by the final whistle and They are just they're pathetic um, And then a 3-1 win at home of course this weekend To a Lanús side Who conceived the late equaliser last week In the Copa Libertadores They looked like they were going for a 1-0 win at home mm. They conceived the late away goal equaliser to Bolívar To draw 1-1 in the first leg And of course the second leg is coming up on Thursday evening Away to Bolívar, which means, in La Paz, which means, Lanús were not really thinking about the league anyway, because they couldn't win it, and they didn't particularly care, I suspect. Plus, Lanús' manager is barroso Quiloto, He's not going to try too hard to beat Bocca in that one he? he, well, he managed to get one himself
2: sent off again, didn't he?
0: Yes, he did. <laughs> Just for a change.
2: Yeah.
0: But he does that all the time against yeah, everyone, that, yeah. so I, would, I wouldn't read too much into that. Um... So, maybe maybe a system, I think certainly some confidence and also relatively kind run of matches, I, I think. Yeah, def- certainly not a, Although, a changing system. credit to them for the, you know, as well as those wins, they did also dig in to get 0-0 draw away to Colón um, and also a 0-0 draw at home to the champions, to, to San Lorenzo. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not all bad. It, it did feel a little bit like the, the Superclassic or defeat at home to River was kind of, that's where they touched the bottom. Uh, since then obviously the following weekend they, they lost or sorry, the following midweek I think that was. Um, they lost by the same scoreline, two one away to Rosario Central, and since then they haven't lost. Um so there was something must have happened I think for that uh, that super classical and then a the few days after it I think they clearly sat down and had a few words and I think they've pulled together. But I think it's confidence more than anything. I think yeah.
2: also the the aforementioned Raquel May situation. Yeah. As his contract situation goes on and on, his performances seem to have been getting yeah. better and better. Uh, which obviously has a huge impact.
0: They should just give him a six month contract. Yeah, but doesn't he doesn't want this. For... Doesn't
2: he want four years, though?
0: Uh, well, probably, yeah. But <laughs> I'm saying if, if they give him a six month contract and they say, well, we'll renew it in six months, depending on how well you plays, Because he plays like this every time his contracts up for renewal.
2: Yeah, but isn't That's what he
0: wants. He wants a new contract. Yeah, he but him a six month one, he'll get this for a whole short tournament, and then give him another one for another six months, <laughs> and just keep doing that. Boca, Boca won in Copa Libertadores,
1: I think it was the, two, uh, oh, uh, the...
0: 2000. Eight, two thousand seven. No, the,
1: the, the, the one, uh, I, I don't. The twenty Copa Libertadores. oh two thousand. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, they they were uh, against the or they were uh, struggling against the board members and and they won the Copa Libertadores. Even so, and they dedicated that Copa Libertadores to the to the uh, board members, and in this case, I think that. Uh, is, is something similar. I think that they have, they must have said, let's demonstrate the 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 board members that we can win, that we can do, do this better, and, and and they started winning. Uh, because it is it, strange that a team that was uh, sinking uh, uh, from one round to the other, they started playing better and winning and scoring goals. So for me it has to do with something that they, they w- wanted to demonstrate themselves and also the the world the, the, the that they were capable of 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 turning uh, around the, the situation and, and, and winning of course they won't they, they, they remember they remember to 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 win a bit late because yeah
0: in, in short, Boca Juniors are the Italian national side of Argentine club football yeah. they can't do it unless they're arguing with the world. Um, Darren Paul asks how will Rodrigo de Paul get on in Valencia how is the loss of Pelletieri being felt if it's all at Racing he also says great pod thank you very much Darren uh, de Paul I think will do fine at Valencia I wouldn't have thought he's going to go straight into the starting lineup. but, but there was a problem there.
1: in Valencia because the, the, there, there will be I think there will be elections and, and the, the president that was going out from Valencia bought de Paul and then he will leave and and that's why, like the 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 candidates or 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 so, it's like they criticize the
0: the buy the the the, the signing of of the poll. So uh, we don't know. Is this another example of racing's luck. <laughs> Even when they get to sign to sell a player for a few million euros, they still can't actually so, manage to sell him properly. The same thing happened with with Centurion. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, as for the loss of Pelletieri, I mean. God knows, because are just terrible all over. I don't know whether Pelletieri would have made a difference if he stayed. One player, given how bad they are, yeah. can't see it, to be honest. I, I think possibly very little. Possibly he Pelletieri could have hauled them single-handedly to the Championship, but I somewhat doubt it. Um, I suspect the truth is somewhere between the two. They undoubtedly would possibly not have been quite as bad without him, but they've been so awful that it's very difficult to say whether one player would have made a difference. Uh The... uh, The Housel Rocketeer asks, River's title? I'll be glued to my laptop. Um, Oh, I see, right. Will Football Para Todos uh, do a split screen live via YouTube? Don't know. Um, I wouldn't have thought so. The the split screens... If you can hear that beeping, I'm really... Sorry, there's a reaction between the microphone and something rather electronic here. and It's coming through on my headphones. Um the split screens when they tend to be done in Argentina normally get done on there's a special direct TV channel that they'll set up with Football Paratodos so if you've got direct TV you'll be able to see it on YouTube I'm not sure although
2: um, will there be separate YouTube
0: there'll certainly be separate YouTube streams for the well, matches you can set up your own <laughs> split screen whether there will be a YouTube stream with the three matches in various corners of the screen I'm not sure I doubt it uh, but at the same time with Football Paratodos wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. But there will was be one s- thing that's incredibly impressive about football Pirates, Obviously, is the only thing that it is very good is the stuff. I don't for
1: I don't know. If there uh, will
0: be three, six matches played this, at the same time or three, no, three. matches and then th- the other three relegation three. matches okay. kick off at yeah. three and the three title matches kick off at five thirty. Um, whether there'll be split screens for any of them or not, we don't know. Uh, Liam Kelly, who is no relation, <laughs> says not surprised that Mercado was called up to the provisional squad. Will he make the cut? Is he the right the best right back in the Primera? Um, we are surprised I think it's fair to say uh, will he make the cut no probably not barring injuries is he the best right back in the Primera yes <laughs> on current form possibly yes um, there is no other thing. in terms of the best talent Sino is in Catania so
1: now we can say that well obviously Maritano. yeah
0: um, but no I mean in the Primera Milton Casco
1: but he's from the left the left no
0: I think uh, Marco Casares in that case. I get the two yeah. Newell's fullbacks whose names both begin with C. A. mixed up. They're both M. C. as well, which is very confusing. Um, on current form, I, I think he, he's he's probably up there. Uh, he's been playing really well, particularly in the last couple of months. I think but
1: there are there are quite and that's a clear problem problem from Sabed, for Savela. There are quite good left backs and not right backs because Emmanuel Insua has been doing good for Boca, Milton Casco from Newell's. Papa, he has in fair rating since
0: some time ago, and Mangioni, of course. And there are no, no right-backs. Which is a bit weird, because of course the, the right-back is, is yes. Pablo Sabaleta. So arguably yes. he, he might have done better calling up a left-back from the Premier rather than Mercado. But anyway, we'll see. Mercado can also play centre-back, of course. Uh, which yes. might prove important. But in this back. case, I think the I, I prefer to
1: than than Mercado.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he also asks there's been talk of introducing B teams in England will it be a disaster if introduced in the Argentine leagues <sighs> I mean where to begin um, the the B teams and further on down in the Argentine league are nearly all the, the, the reserves aren't of course but the, the rest of them are basically age group teams and I think the reserves tend to have such a high quantity of very young players that I couldn't really see it happening but in Argentina. The
1: problem here is not that the B teams will be traded uh, and will be will be playing against the A teams, the premier the five no, no, division no, but Liam's asking but they, how that
0: would work if it did happen, because yes. that's what's being discussed in England. Yeah.
1: Ah, yes, OK, but here in Argentina, the problem is that it's the number of teams that will be competing with each other, not the, because there are some teams in the National Bay, in the 2nd division, that play even better than, the, than some teams... In third division, the problem is that there will be 30 teams, not that there will be uh, mix. There will be mixing teams from the B from uh, and and playing against the 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 teams from the A division. The the problem is with the amount of teams. In this no, case. But,
0: right. When when Liam says B teams here, he means reserve sides. So because um, okay. there's talk in England about uh, a new. Uh, ah, yes, I'm, the, not, I'm not making too much attention be. because it's ridiculous and it's not going to happen yeah. hopefully uh, but about introducing a thir- like, like, fifth tier of the league system above the conference like in Spain yeah, the Atlético Madrid exactly. B, and, oh, um, yes. I can't see it working in Argentina at all because there's a very there's, there's a really it's kind of A. it's more fluid between who's in the reserves and who's in the Primera Eder Ávarez Balanta was playing in Rivers reserves yes. remember 15 months ago he's now going to the World Cup with Colombia and um, um, B, the premier sides give youth a chance to such a great degree anyway, but I just don't think it would be needed. The the, the whole issue in England, why it's been mentioned, is the fact that pre- Premier League yes. sides just buy foreigners rather than yes, giving them. Um, but the they, aren't, they aren't they aren't
1: called, for example, River Plate B and Boca Juniors B, but they they have their reserves mm. tournaments, and that's where the the young players and and players that have, have no place in in, in 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 the first team play. So. It's like a perhaps a, a B, B side.
0: Exactly. Um, I can't see it working in, in all honesty. But it also it just wouldn't no. be considered in Argentina because because of the the way that the clubs are structured and because of the way the reserve leagues and stuff are structured and given a much greater priority. You can read on in Olé about how River and Boca's reserve side, certainly and probably the rest of the big five and probably most of the rest of the Buenos Aires, the really big sides in Buenos Aires, how their reserve sides do each week, and that gets reported in the the main national sports daily. Um, I'm going to play Mystic Sam's theme music now, and when we come back, I will read out Mystic Sam's predictions for the final weekend of the Torneo Final. weekend of the final there's one match on Friday evening that's all boys versus Belgrano I think that Belgrano are going to come up with a very rare away victory from that one there's one match one match only on Saturday and that is Rosario Central versus Argentinos Juniors and obviously I think that Rosario Central can break their winless run they've got four games without victory I think they can can, uh, get a victory in that one. Then, Sunday, we're on to relegation battles now. I'm going to go for Arsenal de Sarandí to get a home win over Atlético de Rafaela. I'm going to go for Godoy Cruz to get a home win over Racing Club. And then in the decider, I'm going to go for Colón versus Olimpo to end in a probably low-scoring draw that would relegate uh, Lady Guardia Rafaela it's been a lot of fun having them in the Primera but I'm afraid I think they're going down in the title race I'm ruining the surprise already because I'm going for, for River Plate to beat Quilves and to win the title the 34th it would be in their history uh, Gimnasia La Plata versus Boca Juniors I'm going for Gimnasia to win and in uh, Tigre versus Estudiantes I think that the safest bet in that one is going to be low goals because neither side concede very many at all. Um, but the result, if you're pushing me, I'm going to go for a draw in it. Lanús versus Newell's Old Boys is the Lanata match on Sunday. Um, the 9.30 kickoff. There is going to still be one in, even though Boca and River are both playing earlier in the day. Um, I think Lanús victory more than anything for their home uh, form combined with Newell's poor away form. But really... Neither side's got anything to play for They've both got a comfortable cushion in the relegation uh, mm-hmm. table They both uh, are not going to be in the Sudamericana Whatever happens Because they're both involved in this year's Libertadores and so on So I'm going to go for a, a Lanús win But don't really bother betting on it Because anything could happen Well, and...
2: Lonnie just got back from
0: Bolivia Pardon? Yes, yes, of yes. course they will But that's why they're playing on late on Sunday night, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Um, and on Monday there is also a match, because why not have the last match after the title has been decided? That's not an anticlimax in any way at all, is it? But they've made up for it by making it a nice juicy match. It's a demi classico let's say, uh, between San Lorenzo and Vélez Sarsfield in the Nueva Gasometro. And I'm going for a San Lorenzo victory, mainly because I think San Lorenzo will be wanting to play themselves into a bit of a domestic form ahead of the following weekend's Superfinal, and it's not called the Superfinal anymore, it's called the Copa Campeonato, the Championship Cup, uh, which will decide who qualifies for the Sudamericana. That's it. We're going to leave it there. We do apologise for not being able to bring you more up-to-date Libertadores results. We will, however, in next week's episode, be able to have a good look at whether exactly any Argentine sides are going to be joining the Libertadores semi-finals when it reconvenes following the World Cup. We will be reviewing the end of the torneo final. And, uh, well, Andres and I are certainly keeping our fingers crossed, as in fact is Joel, because of course it would be good for the sales of his book um, for a River Plate victory. Uh, But whichever uh, team wins it, as we say, it's going to be historic in one way or another. Um, So we'll be back to review the end of the torneo final to look forward as well to the all-important Championship Cup um, against San Lorenzo the following weekend. Um, lots of other stuff as well we're not going to talk too much about the national team next week because we're going to have at least one uh, pre-world cup special um, prior to that tournament for now thank you very much indeed for listening for another week and goodbye from Peter
2: thank you and goodbye
0: and from Andres thank you and goodbye and goodbye from me thank you and goodbye